So everybody, welcome to the Iron Road Way. We've got uh, two guests with us today here from ChromaCare, Hugh Caffey and Laura Tangeman. Uh, business started out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Hugh, you have been in, involved in a number of different businesses. Uh, lifelong entrepreneur, I think, right? That's right. Yeah, and so you guys are really into something now that touches anybody and everybody that listens uh, in ChromaCare. So tell us, tell our audience a little bit about what you guys are doing. Sure, I'd be glad to, and thank you for having us, Billy. Absolutely. The question that I always start with whenever I'm talking to a crowd is, how many of you or somebody you know has been prescribed a medication and it either was not effective or it created some sort of an adverse side effect? And usually about 80 to 90% of the people raise their hand. That's got something to do, right, with that long list that comes with every prescription we get. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. the side effects go on for their encyclopedias. Right. And when you hear an ad on TV for a drug, mm -hmm. there's always a disclaimer about the things that it can cause. Right. So what we have done is we have taken a, uh, an approach, a genetics approach, to helping resolve that issue. In your body, there's 25-odd genes that are most responsible for the way drugs metabolize in your business mm -hmm. or in your body. So, um, it's so, so 25 genes 25 are genes. responsible for any drug that we would put into our body, metabolizing any drug that we put in our J body. Just about. There may be a few outliers, but 25 is going to cover most all of it. Right. So what we do is we take a cheek swab to gather a DNA sample from a patient, mm -hmm. and we run that through our laboratory, and we compare that with the attributes of the medications that that person is on. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to tell from a genetics perspective if that person tests red, yellow, or green. Mm -hmm. Red meaning that that medication really isn't right for them mm -hmm. or it could cause uh, a side effect. Uh, yellow might mean that they want to be cautious that they are taking that medication maybe with another drug or something. And then green, obviously, would typically be that that person would be uh, good to take that drug. Then we also provide, if a patient tests red, we provide a recommendation to the patient's physician on what drug might be best for that individual. Okay, okay. So is it just measuring the potential side effects or does it also measure the effectiveness of that drug with the particular person that we're testing? So it can be a combination of both. So it really depends on the medication itself, but um, everybody is going to metabolize a drug a slightly different way based mm -hmm. on how active their enzymes are in their body. Mm -hmm. So if they process a drug too quickly, um, sometimes that means that they get more of the active form of that drug faster than what is expected okay. in the normal population. So this is a problem with opioids. Some people process them too quickly, so they get too high of a dose of morphine, you know, a lot right faster. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate, more than what you the You give me a shot, I metabolize expect. it quickly. I'm, I'm, it's somebody else that's slower, they're not even feeling it in the first Yeah, and it movement. can cause um, like respiratory distress, it can cause serious issues for people. Uh -huh. So that's just one example. Some people, mm -hmm. if they metabolize a drug too quickly, maybe that means that their body is clearing that drug from their system before that drug ever actually works. Mm -hmm. So they're never actually getting that drug 
to be its effective dose in their body. Mm -hmm. So they're taking a drug and it's doing nothing for them. Mm -hmm. um, a good example of that would be uh, Plavix. So Plavix is an antiplatelet drug that's used to help prevent um, clots for people who have like already had a stroke or some other clotting event. Okay. And it's supposed to prevent new clots from forming. Mm -hmm. But if they have a certain genotype, that drug never actually gets made into its active form in their body. And they have no idea that this drug is not doing anything for them. So what's the, on, on uh, let's say out of a thousand people, how many of those people are typically prescribed a drug? So all these people that are listening out there that have parents that are on drugs, them themselves are on drugs, they've got kids that are using different drugs for, how many times out of a thousand are, is something being prescribed that it's the wrong genotype? And, and why isn't this second question being splashed all over everything so that people, I mean, it seems like just a godsend for people to be able to, to get the right drug more quickly so that they can be treated. Yeah, we don't really have very good statistics, okay. at least that I know of offhand right. of how many people are on drugs that they shouldn't be. But mm -hmm. um, let's go back to the Plavix example. I think something like 10% of the population, mm -hmm. um, particularly I think the Caucasian population is uh, more prone to this, about 10% of them, that drug will never be active for them. And you have no way to know that until you actually take a genetic test. So approximately 10% of the people who are on this medication, it might not be doing anything for them. Wow. Um, and you never know until you get it tested. And part of the problem is that it's a somewhat new technology. Um, we're learning more about it every day. So it's not utilized quite to its full extent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the FDA can kind of... Um, frown? Yeah, frown yeah. on like new things. Sure. A lot of, sometimes some physicians like to do things the way that they're used to. It's hard the way to break it's always been old done. habits. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So it's a new technology that a lot of the older physicians never even learned about in school. Uh -huh. So it's really hard for them to embrace it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the FDA, they like to be extra cautious. Sure. But they actually have published several um, PGX guidelines on a lot of different medications, basically showing that they appreciate how important these actually are for the patients. I mean, it's, I mean, it sounds like it's just groundbreaking. And we were a little bit familiar with the Surex that was here in Cincinnati right. over in Mason, and they were focused on psychotropic drugs. And they used a similar approach with a red, yellow, and green approach as to whether or not the drug was good for you. And, and it really, having had the opportunity to go over there and meet with those folks several times, was a passion for most people that worked there because they had people that were struggling with anxiety or depression, and they were on. They had tried three or four different drugs. They were getting no impact. There, there was no impact. There was no help. And so until they found out that the science was actually out there where you guys can go and look and say, well, here's why. Billy's trying to take Prozac, and Prozac won't work for Billy, and here's the reason why. It's a science formula. Exactly. It's the way he's made. Exactly. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> uh, when the process, which is called pharmacogenetic testing, mm -hmm. when it became popular was when Assurex started. So they really paved a lot of ground in the early days, uh, but they chose to focus strictly, as you said, on psychotropic drugs. And when you say early days, Hugh, you're going back 
10, 12 years ago. Okay. So right. relatively new. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. Uh, what Larissa and I uh, have accomplished with Chromacare is looking at 12 separate medical categories. So everything from psychotropics to cardiology to rheumatology to gastroenterology, 12 different categories, healthcare categories that have drugs in them that we cover. Mm-hmm. Some 350 plus groups of drugs that affect those categories. What we see in answer to your earlier question about out of a thousand, out of a group of a thousand, how many are going to be on a medication? We work with employer groups. And so we'll go in, and if we talk to an employer group that has a thousand employees, we're going to see probably 40 to 50 percent on some medication. Wow. And we're going to see uh, a significant portion of that on five or more medications. Think about that. Half of us are on something. That's right. Ongoing. That's right. Mm-hmm. And naturally, the older they are, the more sure. the older the patient is, the more drugs that they're typically on. Right. And we're able to go in and work with them and test them and make recommendations that will reduce the number of drugs that they're on, make them those drugs more effective, and uh, minimize or eliminate any adverse effects. So there's a big component to this that people don't think about, and that is that adverse drug effects is the fifth leading cause of death in the U.S. Wow. today. That's so amazing. we help patients avoid emergency room uh, costs, which can skyrocket, mm-hmm. as well as uh, helping to manage their pharmacy costs. So that makes me think about your enemies and your allies, right? Because we can, and usually you follow the money and you see where, how things get done. So insurance companies, are they allies or are they enemies? Well, they, <coughs> it's interesting. Uh, for quite a while, Larissa and I have been working with uh, insurance companies, the payers. and You guys love them, I'm sure. <laughs> like everybody else. When we go out to talk to our clients about insurance, they're like, oh, Billy, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, tell me more about United Healthcare. Right, right. And as a matter of fact, United Healthcare is probably the largest one that has started reimbursing for pharmacogenetic Okay, testing. so they're on board. So they're on but board. But only for the psychotropic medications, and that's a very new development just this past October, I believe, is when they started. Right. Okay. So we want to talk to them and help them understand that in doing the test, they have access to not only the psychotropic information, but all of these other medical categories, therapeutic categories that we can help them with. It's a process. Sure, sure. So, so they said okay to psychotropic. Was that a result of the work that Assurex had done? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what probably started it. Yeah. Like I said, Assurex, you know, broke a lot of new ground. Mm-hmm. And the genes, what you're saying is the genes that are being tested would be the same for psychotropic as if I were on a cholesterol medication. Yes. That's right. Same, same measurables. And That's the right. other thing that they don't really talk about a lot is a lot of medications. So these genes, so the genes refers to the actual genetics that's coding for a protein. So this protein gets made in our bodies, and that protein is the one that's actually doing the work in your body. Uh-huh. Um, and these proteins 
are responsible for metabolizing this the drugs. This is where she gets take. way over my head. Ken. Sorry, I'm, I'm <laughs> you keep a biologist going. It's fine. I'm and a teacher. You. Right? Yes, I <laughs> so, love it. I love it. So these proteins are responsible for changing these drugs either into an active form or an inactive form so they can be cleared from our system. Mm-hmm. But when you're taking one medication, that protein is can get kind of tied up and busy taking care of that one medication. But if you're taking more than one medication and the same protein is responsible for metabolizing both, suddenly those drugs mm. aren't going to behave the same way mm. because your protein might be too busy mm-hmm. metabolizing one drug and it Can't doesn't do get up. to the other. So they all work together mm-hmm. and just limiting your scope to only one type of drug, um, you're only getting part of the picture. So when you guys do the testing, then you've got to test for every drug that that person's taking because the proteins are impacted by different combinations of Correct. drugs. And that person may be getting prescribed drugs by more than one doctor. So they might have their primary care doctor prescribing a drug. They might have their cardiologist prescribing a drug. So we look at all of those. And you, boy, that, that in and of itself explains why it's the fifth leading cause of death. I mean, there's so much room there for miscommunication mm-hmm. when you've got different providers, you know, probably not talking to one another. Maybe they are, but wow, crazy. So, so the insurance companies, you're saying they're, they're slow on the take, but right now UHC has come out and said, we're going to support this testing. Does that mean they'll pay for it? That's right. They're going to reimburse for it. And I think it's safe to say that any insurance company that decides to pay for a procedure mm-hmm. believes that that procedure is going to overall reduce costs and improve the health outcomes. Otherwise, they wouldn't pay for it. Yeah, which doesn't make sense to me as to why, if the science supports it, which is what you guys are saying, and it and does. sounds like that, you know, that's fact, then the insurance companies, you think, now, I would think the insurance companies would be an ally, and then you said you're starting with employers like us. We have thousands of lives that are represented that we're self-insuring. So as an employer, I'm one of a, a billion of them out there that want to talk to you because you're going to lower our risk, our cost. I do. I have learned enough through the years that I know that the more you're taking medication, the medication is a kind of the precursor before you end up with an in-hospitalization claim. Absolutely. And so people are going to, you would think, golly, they've got to find out what Chromacare's doing so that they can reduce their cost. It seems like a no-brainer. Well, uh, of course, we agree with you. That, yeah. Uh, how, how do we get that message out? Yeah. Besides, that, besides this podcast is well, the beginning. And that's exactly right. you know, what, you know, the first several years that we were in business, we focused on the technology. And for the last 18 months or so, we've really kind of focused on getting out into the market. Mm-hmm. And so we reach uh, employers any way we can. Uh, we've been focused on self-insured employers, of course, because mm-hmm. until just very recently, uh, the large carriers, insurance carriers, were not mm-hmm. reimbursing for the test. Mm-hmm. So, And those self-insured companies obviously have vested interest in performance. They have a vested interest in it. And and while certainly everybody wants to reduce health care costs, the big thing that we do is improve the health outcomes mm. for these employers. Um, when you look at somebody, as we have many times, who is on six different medications, we know that they are interacting poorly. What we know is that person comes to work every day feeling lousy. How productive can they be? How productive can they be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So improved health outcomes 
is a huge, oh, man. huge piece. Yeah, I mean, a huge part of employment and and uh, just the employer of choice is a, is somebody that understands their people are their most important asset. And basically, you're bringing something to the table that are going to improve that most valuable asset. Well, in this day and age, we know that, you know, money is important. Co- uh, compensation is important. But the reality is that people will stay with an employer for great benefits and having a challenging job more than any other reason. Mm-hmm. So providing great benefits is to everybody's benefit. So what's it cost? So you, you come to an employer like us and you say, hey, Billy, you guys are with Humana, so they don't reimburse. You've got several thousand people here that are using 15 billion different drugs. How do we start? How do we, how do we, how are we charged? Sure, sure. Uh, the way we work with an employer is uh, we charge a uh, per member per month fee, and that's going to be around $3. And then we pay a fee or we charge a fee for each test that is taken by one of the uh, members of that employer's health plan. And then every quarter, we can provide that employer with updated claims data that will show that there have been improvements in the individual pharmacy of all of these members. So maybe we see results in the first quarter. Chances are not. Chances are we're going to tend to see the results over the second, third, and fourth quarter. But what we guarantee the employer is that we will reduce their medical claims cost greater than the cost of applying the gap test, which is our flagship product, for their employees. So, wow, that's a big guarantee. Yeah. But it, if the science is supporting it, I can understand why you'd be you know, willing to make a commitment like that. So when you say reduce medical costs, are you talking about hospitalization as well, or are you just talking about the pharmacy costs? No, we're talking about pharmacy costs and uh, office visits and ER visits and general hospitalization costs. Okay, so now I'm assuming that that per month, per employee per month fee is for you to be able to continually monitor as drugs are added? We continually monitor. Uh, since this is a DNA test, the basic genetic analysis doesn't have to be repeated mm-hmm. because that component of our bodies doesn't change. Mm-hmm. But as new drugs are added and so forth, and then the other thing that that per member per month fee covers is us to be able to update all of their claims data every quarter so that they can see the benefit of using our product. So you guys will actually house the claim data? That's or is that right. something you get? Okay, so you house the claim data. How do you how do you monitor Billy's on, like I said earlier, Prozac, and now we're going to add a another drug, let's say, for cholesterol. And so how do we monitor the impact that adding that second drug brings to the table? Because most employers are going to ask that question, right? I mean, they're, if I'm thinking it, somebody else is going to think it. Uh, and it sounds like, from the science standpoint, it's, it's key. So how do you do that on an ongoing basis? So every time we um, contract with a new client, we ask for one to two years worth of their previous claims data okay. from their whoever provides their sure. yep. their health da- uh, um, care for them. And if so, they're self-insured, they're going to have that readily available. Mm-hmm. So they provide that to you. Yeah, and so we can analyze that and not only determine which individuals are at the highest risk of benefiting from our test. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are usually the individuals who have been on 
the highest number of medications. Maybe they've switched medications like a psychotropic drug. Maybe they've tried two or three of them um, in the past year. You know, clearly they're having trouble finding the correct medication. Mm -hmm. um, so we can not only identify which individuals would benefit the most, but then we also have that history for each patient so that as we get new claims data for them, we can see how things are changing. We can see that they've reduced the number overall number of medications, like say they, they switched one of their, their drugs and they no longer need um, an anti-nausea medication. Mm -hmm. Like one of their mm -hmm. drugs was causing them to feel nauseous and once they got on the correct drug that wasn't having that side effect, no need for it they were able to drop a medication. Sure. So we can just track that over time and see how the claims are changing for each patient. Gotcha. And I'm assuming you get around HIPAA by not looking at names, you're looking at conditions. Correct. It's all de-identified data. <clears throat> Excuse me, please. Uh, we look at de-identified data, but what that allows us to do is look at an entire group of employees and the employer is never going to see individually who has taken uh, the gap test. And then we educate all of their employees with flyers that explain if you've had these conditions as a result of taking a prescription medication, you might benefit from the gap test. And then we allow them to click on a button and order the test kit. I have one here for you, Billy. Mm -hmm. And then they take the, the test, put it back in its envelope, ship it back up to us. Can I see one of those? You can. Let's, let's show them how easy it is. So this comes in the mail. That's right. Yep. And I, how much is the test itself? I know $3 a month per employee. And then $700 per $700 test. $700 per test. If Correct. I'm with UHC, they're going to pay for it, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. I open this thing up. I get some data in here about what I'm getting ready to do, the gap test. And then it's as simple as pulling so, this out and doing a swab test? Yes, you can do it at home. So the first sheet is a requisition form. Uh -huh. So you just fill out some of your basic information. Swab twice? Yeah, two cotton swabs on the inside of your mouth. You well, put I them in a box. I can handle this. <laughs> I can, this is simple. Yeah. This you just package it in the bag, <laughs> put it in the mail. Throw it in the bag and that's it? Yep. That's it. Holy smokes. I, I just don't understand why this wouldn't be all over. If we're talking about a science that's proven and it's going to help the end user, which is our families, the people that we love and we care about, what are we waiting on? What are insurance companies waiting on? Well, they've gotten around it by saying it's still research. Yeah, they, 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 yeah I'm sure. <laughs> that's the way they, they get around it. So how do, you, how do you combat that? How do you combat that with um, the facts behind? Well, the, the, thing that, the thing that we do is we try and help the employer in this case, understand that this is new and employers are typically not into new technologies. That's why we offer the performance guarantee so that they're not at risk. Um, we explain to them that they're responsible. If they're managing their health plan, your self-insured employer, right. uh, they're managing the health plan. Sure. And they, are, they have taken the decision or they've made the decision that I'm going to reach in my pocket and I'm going to bet that I can manage my employees' health care better than... So let's take our plan. So let's say you've got $25 million in premiums being paid, okay? And you've got, let's say, uh, 5,000 lives that you're dealing with. So if I were to order a test for, let's say, 1,000 of those people, 
what is that? Seven hundred grand I'm spending, or seven seventy grand? Mm -hmm. Seven hundred thousand. So we're going to spend seven hundred thousand, which is what is that? Ten five, three percent. Is that about three percent of our spend? Mm -hmm. So about three percent of our total spend. Mm -hmm. What do I look at in potential savings year one through five? So you're going to see somewhere on the order of a five to nine percent savings. And the way it's going to work typically is that, let's say in year one, a 1,000 employees uh, meet the criteria for having the test done. Mm -hmm. Well, employers have what we call folks that are waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. In 2019, they had no substantive, substantial claims or anything yeah. else. It's coming, huh? It's coming. Yep. It's coming. And since the test does not have to be repeated by the individuals that take it, mm -hmm. they reach a point of diminishing cost and the returns consistently stay there. So each year you can have some turnover. Let's say they have 10% uh, annual turnover of their people. So you're going to have, you know, two or three of those, a percent of those that are going to want to be taking the test. And then you're going to have the individual who last year felt fine and this year developed a cardiac condition. Amazing. I mean, it's amazing. And if you think about it, your specific example, 700,000 to get a thousand individuals tested. That's only a handful of major emergency situations that would, if they're prevented, oh. it would easily it's make one. Up that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, depending on the severity, yes. Depending on the severity, it's it's one, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, that you're in, in, not to mention the fact that what you're doing for that one person yep. is truly life-changing. Billy, let me tell you, we have had uh, individual employees of companies call us, doesn't happen every day, doesn't happen every week, but it happens frequently enough where they say, you saved my life. And you talk to them a little bit more, and, and maybe we didn't literally save their lives, but what mm -hmm. we did is we changed their lives. Mm -hmm. And they no longer feel that they have to go to the physician, their physician, you know, once a quarter or, or you know, once every couple months mm -hmm. even. Mm -hmm. people, people getting healthy mm -hmm. as it relates to their pharmacy, their mm -hmm. personal pharmacy, is huge. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. Oh, my gosh. It's unreal. I mean, it's an industry that has just taken over the world, really. Insurance yeah. companies and drug companies pretty much run it, right? I mean, they're running this country. That's right. That's for sure. Yeah. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Man, I hope and pray that this thing gets traction and that the FDA gets behind it and that the insurance companies get behind it. But we're excited about it, and I wanted yeah. to talk to you about it after meeting with you last week, Hugh, so that we can get the word out to our employers that we represent. Um, so that they understand when we make this move and this investment on their behalf, they understand the why behind it. Yeah. You know, the significance behind it. Well, I've known you a long time, Billy, and I know that you're cutting edge. And I know that a lot of people in this industry sector are not cutting edge. Yep. So Yeah, it's going to take them a while to catch up, but they'll, that's right. they're going to be chasing us. <laughs> and we're going to be helping people. I'm so excited for you guys. Excited you. to work with you. Thank Anything you. else we should know about ChromaCare? Um, no. You guys are out of Columbus, not. Ohio, right? Yeah, we're based in uh, based in headquartered in uh, Columbus. Um, we, um, gosh, you know, we work all the time on this. Uh, Larissa is our director of operations, um, and so everything that happens behind the curtain. Uh, falls under Larissa's responsibility, mm -hmm. and including uh, that uh, three hundred twenty thousand person order you just got, right? That's right. <laughs> you better gear up. We're going to be rocking and rolling. That's a big mm -hmm. one. 
And when we sign up, I don't want to get lost in the shuffle there. <laughs> no, we, yeah. no, so thank you guys so much for being here. So good to talk to you about this. Love to have you back on maybe in six, eight months. And you then bet. we can begin to report on some of the findings that, that we encounter as we go through this with our self-insured plan. Um, because it's a, it's a chemistry issue, right? It is. I mean, it really it is. It really is. It's a chemistry yeah. issue. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for having us, Billy. Our pleasure. Thank you guys for being Thank here. Thank you.